Já viu rico namorar pobre? Say love to his girlfriends. Y'all already know the vibes. What's going on? <laughs> How's everyone doing? Happy Friday. What up? Yes. Um, How are you doing? doing? Oh my God, Sherry, you are so <laughs> on top of it this week. I love you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm actually doing really well. Thank you for asking. Um, the main purpose for that is I've decided during quarantine, something that really... I will be thankful for forever is the ability to regain my peace of mind and just kind of have control over my well-being again. I feel like so many of us were just like running on empty and doing everything we can to just get things done that yeah. I didn't really think about whether or not I was living a purposeful, meaningful, happy life for myself. So yeah. I'm doing well. Why? Because I'm choosing to be doing well. So that's my answer for this week. How's everybody else? Sherry. Okay, girl. Uh, um, I am doing, actually, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I am really, I feel like I found my groove in quarantine because we've, we came to a complete stop and now... The ball is starting to get rolling a little bit. I feel pretty good. Yeah, I feel at peace. I, I'm about to stage we my love house again. To see it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't have anything too pertinent to complain about right now, and that's new for me. But also, yeah. I will complain a little bit because it's just like I don't know. It's like part of my personality at this point. That's what the podcast is for. What about you, Shaney? <laughs> Um, I've been good. I actually, um, so full disclosure, I genuinely am like almost 100% certain that I had Corona, um, for the past like couple weeks. I oh. was, yeah, I was down in Florida, um, mm-hmm. about three weeks ago and we all know that Florida is like the center of the nation news right now for their use of masks or lack of, um, masks but basically um i was i guess share like my experience i'm still waiting on confirmation um i went and got like a swab test for it but basically just to give people like an idea about how like my experience was if in fact it comes back positive um i got tested about a week ago after my friend who i was down there with tested positive and at that point it had been like about a week and a half, I suppose, since we'd been down there. And I, while I hadn't done anything in Atlanta since then, it was just me here by myself. Um, but I still think that that was where I potentially got it from, but I just started having really awful, like abdominal pains for a few days straight. And then that kind of cleared up. I got tested. And then on Sunday night, um, like I had my apartment set to like 69 degrees and I was burning up and like sweating and like out of nowhere. And so I think that was like a fever breaking. Um, and I've been fine the last couple of days and yeah. Yeah. And I, I think now, like, I mean, everybody, you know, the fever breaking is a, is a really good sign. So that that's pretty much the end of it, but, um, I'm still waiting on confirmation. It's been seven days since I got tested and they say it's two to four days in Atlanta. Let me tell you, it's not like, it is not two to four days. It's been seven days since I got tested um, and I haven't gotten the results back yet, but at this point, I think the two week incubation period is up and I feel a lot better. So, um, I really never felt that bad in the first place. 
So um, luckily I was fairly asymptomatic if I did have it. But beyond that, um, things are good. I found out my company, we actually just shifted to full remote work. We just announced that this morning. So there's a lot of a lot of changes being made, but wow. Um, yeah. I'm glad that you're doing okay. That's terrifying, but I will say I appreciate you taking the initiative, even though you haven't received a positive test and just self isolating anyway. I think the most annoying part about all of this is it's like, it's not that hard. Just yeah. like think about other people for once. So I appreciate you doing that. I think it makes all the difference. And hey, even if you did contract coronavirus, uh, we don't know yet. I hope you didn't. At least you didn't contribute to other people contracting as well. well so that's, good I think you. the biggest thing is that like, it's important that, you know, like I definitely made it made a decision for my own safety to go down to Florida and go to the beach um, and have a little time with some friends. Um, however, it is, and, and I, I can't blame people for doing stuff like that. Like, that's totally fine. If you're going to go to a party or you're going to go to a bar or something like that, like everyone who goes is making the decision to go there. However, at least be honest about it and be open to it and self incubate for two weeks. Like, like it's not your right to go and potentially infect somebody else like who didn't make that choice for themselves. Um, I agree. And so. I don't think people are cognizant of the amount of times that they can actually be putting people into harm's way. Like it's as simple yeah, as going 100%. to the grocery store. Yep. Like people who work at the, I saw this really horrifying tweet about this kid who worked at a grocery store um, who thinks he got coronavirus at work. He was asymptomatic and he lives with elderly pa- grandparents and he gave it to both of them. And his grandmother died and his grandfather's, last I heard in critical condition. And it's just like, so fucked up just because people don't want to think of others and all. I mean, he has to work. What is he supposed to do? Like he needs to pay his bills. It's horrible. Well, I saw that tweet the other day that somebody was like, literally this whole mask quote unquote debate comes down to the simple fact that every single American issue right now is coming down to is the fact that like, I no longer know how to make you care about other people. Like that's what it boils down to. Like every single issue that we are dealing with right now is because people care about themselves <laughs> before others. And uh, that's an American sentiment, though. Oh, very much so. Completely. Has been from the beginning. Yeah. So they're kind of confused. They're like, why are you asking me to care about other people? What yep. is the problem? But we're changing things. Yeah, we are. There are things we are that are changing. changing. Well, we can talk about covid forever i mean i have so many thoughts and opinions on covid oh i try not to think about it too much just like i try not to think about the president because this shit just drives me crazy but let's give the people what they want i mean tons of stuff has happened this week there is a lot going on and as you said shane a lot is changing which i for one am happy for the change but i don't know I'll just late the latest thing. This happened today on Tuesday, the day we record. Mississippi's governor, Tate Reeves, signed a bill that will basically retire the last US state flag to feature the Confederate battle flag, the state of Mississippi. So I'm excited about that. I don't think that black people who live in Mississippi should have to honor a flag that has a horrific racist symbol on it. So I think that's great. Um, 
I do have my thoughts and reservations around just how this movement is like kind of being handled as of late. I mean, on the note of the flag, I think like <laughs> it's it's insane that it's been this long that there's been a Confederate flag as one of the state like as part of a state flag, like in my opinion, I'm like, okay, great. Mississippi's finally in 1865. Let's catch you up for the, on the next 150 years. Like, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good I point. I think it's, I don't know. I think there's, it, it's such a fine line because like right now there is so much of this stuff that's happening. And it's like, yeah, while this is great, I'm glad that we're doing all these things, but can we also do something about like the police officers that have been murdering people in this country? And like that we've been demanding justice for for the past few weeks and stop only painting things on the ground and deleting episodes of Golden Girls and starting national book clubs. Like, I guess that's kind of where I am, too. It's like, okay, I saw someone on I think it was on Twitter or on Instagram. Someone basically said all of these states and companies and organizations are doing all of these little extra credit assignments, but they haven't done the basic <laughs> homework. Yes. Like this <laughs> is not what we asked you for. We yes. simply stated, we want you to defund the police. We don't want to have police states anymore. We don't want people to get killed by the hands of police and for nothing to happen about it. So that should come first. Like, why are we deleting episodes of Golden Girls? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who were dying. We're talking about systematic racism. Oh, I was going to like, speaking of the Golden Girls thing, the issue is like, it, it, it's insulting that you think that we don't know the difference between a mud mask and blackface. Like, nobody fucking no. asked for that. Like, yeah. nobody asked <laughs> to delete an episode of the Golden Girls. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. It feels like they're doing it to give themselves a pat on the back and say, look at this great thing that we did okay, how about we continue to celebrate black artists in the current day that are that are making art and making work um, rather than deleting an episode where somebody's wearing a mud mask. Like, it's things like that that just don't... It's insulting. And it, it only adds fuel to the fire and gives people the ability to go, oh, this is getting ridiculous. This is getting out of hand. Like, the fact that we're getting rid of the term master bedrooms. Like, the fact that every we single are? city in the... Yeah, that's a new thing that happened this week, too. Um, there's uh, one state is, is essentially deleting, not deleting, but getting rid of the term master suite in regards like, to a bedroom. Because it cares? It, it, I right. don't know a single black person on earth that even cares that the bedroom is called the master bedroom. Do, you, do either of you know anybody who's complained about that as of late? No. I'm confused. No, because I'm the master of my of my little domain. Like that's supposed to be like, like Maester from uh, from Game of Thrones, isn't that mm-hmm. like the same thing? Yeah. yeah. While it does, it does go back to plantation days, it does go back yeah, to like plantation does. days where it's like okay, there was the master bedroom um, for the master of the plantation. But at the end of the day, like, listen, over time, terminology can change. Like things can shift and things do become a norm. Do I think that? that is the same thing as racial slurs and derogative racial. No, like it's not. And well, yeah, that's, that's the difference. It got reappropriated. So yes, by the people that it affected. So that's different. 
Um, and my thing is, listen, if we want to go ahead and abolish master bedrooms, let's go ahead and do it. I don't actually give a damn. As long as I have somewhere exactly. to lay my fat ass at the end of the night, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but I will say this. What I, want, what I want is for us to actually enact change and justice that matters. If you want to do all of that extra shit, that's just extra shit. That has nothing to do with what we are asking. And what's happening is it's a distraction. I think it was Malcolm Very X that said... So. I think it was Malcolm X that said something about how when you ask for revolution, they'll try to distract you with menial treats to kind of appease the crowd. But we shouldn't be distracted by these menial treats because this has nothing to do, nothing to do with the issue at hand. And we just can't allow it. Like, it's stupid. It's distracting everyone from the main problem at hand it's crazy 37 states have black lives matter painted on a city in their state like on the ground only one of those states has punitive immunity for has abolished punitive immunity for police (laughs) when that happened in dc the black lives chapter of dc was actually against that performative piece of art because of this that's happening right now And also the locations. I'm not dumb to the fact that there is a Black Lives Matter on the belt line in Atlanta when, let's be clear, we uprooted Black people to gentrify that entire area so that white people can ride bikes and walk on the belt line. So this is stupid as hell. Be smarter about the placement. Like, why the fuck is that even there? It's a slap in the face to Black people who were displaced so that we could have a fancy Kroger with chandeliers in it. And we also call it, we also call that movement whenever all the white people left, the white flight. And that's where there's been such a, Atlanta has such a history of like shifting between gentrification and it's, it's, problematic and so i mean i told i didn't even think about that but the way you're saying that about how like we painted black lives matter on a gentrified area of town is fucking ridiculous like and yet (laughs) and yet and yet qualified immunity still exists for police in our city so what are we really doing you can't paint black lives matter on the street unless you truly believe that and you're actually over 100 officers call out sick and and protest about the rayshard brooks incident Right. And it's like, this is dumb. I'm happy that the, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that the people of Mississippi no longer have to pledge allegiance to a flag that is not inclusive of them. I think that's huge. It's a step in the right direction, but it's also a tiny, tiny, minute detail when it comes to the overall change that needs to happen in this country. Because the system is still in place. That's just performative action. So there's a new term I think someone coined called woke washing, which is exactly what you have just described, where they perform the thing that everybody's upset about and then behind closed doors or they donate to companies that are still perpetuating the system. Have you seen that? I was like, mm, that's exactly what's happening. No, I hadn't I mean, seen it, but yeah. It sounds like I said a couple weeks ago about the woke Olympics. Like, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, Alexa Jean did say that. And um, th- it's it's definitely happening. I feel like they're preparing to whitewash this uh, 
era in history. Like, what are you talking about? The Black Lives Matter mural still on the floor. These uh, all these all these things going. It's like what I said a couple weeks ago about the the Supreme Court ruling and like detracting from the issues that trans people face on the daily that have not been um, solved. It's like. literally we're out here like i didn't know like we're out here being hansel and gretel with all these goddamn breadcrumb trails that were being given by the government like stop taking these little pieces and saying like great this is fantastic we're getting all these things like yeah change is happening but at the same time like it's not systemic change and systemic change is what we need to be focused on right now Stay woke, people. Stay fucking woke. Keep your eyes on the prize. The man will try to distract you at every corner. Don't let it happen. Cosine? Couldn't have said it better yeah. myself. <laughs> 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 oh my I mean, um, what else has happened this week? Ooh, um, yeah. So Broadway. Did you see that Broadway is closed for the rest of 2020? Mm, yep. Yikes. You guys, that's that's the problem. That's a, what's Hamilton gonna do? Is you think that's why they put it on Disney Plus? I was about to say it's coming to Disney Plus, they're fine. <laughs> Other shows like Hades Town are not that lucky. People were mad that it's coming to Disney Plus. They said I didn't pay all of that money for that to be viewed right next to the Lion King. And okay. I people who go to the theater are so freaking elitist. Like Exactly. Shut the hell up. Do you not want... I could talk about this forever, but the success of Hamilton lied in the fact that it was multicultural, multiracial, and that multiple people everywhere could relate to this story. So why not put the story in the hands of the people who could relate the most? I don't understand, but okay. The answer is no. No. (laughs) They don't want to do it. For these people to say things like that, like, I didn't pay all that money to go, like, just see it on Disney+. Plus, Like, you just admitted that you did it in a performative way. You did it to say that you saw Hamilton on Broadway, which, like Amanda said, therein lies the issue of American theater is that there is such a higher class and elitist association with it. And I think that we it, it upsets me, this news about Broadway. But at the same time, like, I think we're about to see a major shift in theater in this country. And I'm not. I worry that it could go one of two two ways. I think that there's a possibility that we just start seeing it um, almost abolished entirely, that it becomes kind of like a in just an older art form that we just don't really see as much of anymore, that Broadway is not as big of a market as it is currently. But I, I could also see it going the direction that it it stops being this, like, this thing that's only accessible to high-class people. Um when it comes to like Broadway and stuff like that. And there's really great theater you can see for cheap and for free. Um, but people don't do it because it's, you want to have the What's ability that? to say like, Oh yeah, I saw it on Broadway. What's the opposite of gentrification? Cause that's what literally is happening to Broadway. 100%. Oh girl. What did you say? Nigification. <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am. Amanda. <laughs> I need you to mute your mic right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. That's my guess. Nigification. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm going with. 
Oh my god. That's we have reclaimed. We have reclaimed the N-word. So as long as you don't say it with a hard R and you're black, then you're good to go. That's true. It just caught me off guard. I was not I was not ready. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. Um yeah, it's like when you wear sneakers to the red carpet and everyone looks at you sideways, but it's Fenty, oh so what are you gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> It's like spending $600 on a pair of Yeezys just because they're Yeezys. Like, yeah, it's that splash. It's that drip. It's niggification. Yeah. The drip don't quit. It's seeing Hamilton on Broadway and then complaining whenever it becomes accessible to everybody, even though you went and made a post about how everybody needs to see it after you went and saw it. Say it again, Amanda. (laughs) I'm dead, Jane. That's so accurate. And like, I didn't do that shit, thank God, because I'm not a basic bitch. But oh my God. But that's the thing. They go make a post with outside the outside the marquee and they go like, oh my God, like everyone has to go see this show. It's like so phenomenal, blah, blah, blah. I'm so lucky I got to see this. But then you're going to complain whenever it actually becomes accessible to everybody. (laughs) Like, that just tells me you didn't give a fuck about it and you didn't learn anything from it. I can't wait to stand in front of my TV when the Hamilton marquee is Sherry. on the flat screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take my picture. Saw it. <laughs> just, Everyone to be needs it. just to be clear, the only dictionary I recognize, Urban Dictionary, actually does have nigification in it. Um, Ma'am. And I did you, did you put it there? No, it's been there since 2017. So I didn't coin the that term. Mean I anything. wish I could take credit. Wow. Okay. So it is there. Read us the definition. A la Urban Dictionary. Honestly, okay, fine. Since you're pulling my leg. Oh. You shook I it first. I don't think I'm okay with this definition. Uh-oh. You dug this hole. You gotta, you gotta get out of it now. Okay, um, okay, it literally says the destruction, whether rapid or slow, of major and minor cities or countries due to degenerate, drug-based, or ghetto culture. Wow. Okay, so never mind, um, cancel negification, never use that word ever <laughs> if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, or Asian, go ahead and delete it. We're not using that word. <laughs> it's just uh-huh. You can petition Urban, Urban Dictionary to change I'm that definition. This. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm upset. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Let's talk about the task at hand. Sherry, act like I didn't say a word. Real quick, also, just to throw us back on topic, you know what else you cannot make up? What? Minorities being discriminated against in American theater. Can we talk about that? Are we ready for that? I mean, listen, well, speaking of changes in theaters, though, like in changes in theater, like, for instance, locally, have you guys heard about Serenbe Playhouse? No, but I'm ready to hear the tea. My cup is empty and it's ready for a refill. Oh, okay. Slap it on us. So Serenbe Playhouse essentially, like, they announced, like, last... um, Last week that they are so last week or the week before, but essentially they suspended operations and their entire staff was let go. Um, and they made a statement and they posted it. And it basically says, um, and I quote, it has recently come to our attention through numerous and very serious allegations that our beloved experiences may possibly have come hand in hand with a culture that has been fraught with poor working conditions, racial and gender discrimination. Um 
Serenbay Playhouse, for those of you who don't know, Serenbay made like they've been making national headlines for a lot of their um, immersive theater. They're an outdoor theater about 45 minutes to an hour from Atlanta. Um, the one of their most famous ones was they did Miss Saigon and they literally had like a Vietnam era helicopter fly onto the set. Um, they sunk an entire ship in the lake for Titanic whenever they did that last year. That's been their primary goal and they've made national headlines and have received a lot of support and a lot of recognition for their innovation in theater. However, it has recently come to the attention after Brian Cloud has posted a, he made us like a status on his, on his own theaters page about black lives matter. And that just opened the floodgates for people to come forward with allegations saying like that, that is, those are empty words because this is something that I dealt with on set. And one of which, um, this sounds spicy already. I like the lead up. So one of them was, uh, Tara Moses and she is a native American, uh, director Uh and she directed a production last summer called the true story of Pocahontas. We can already tell where this is going, but basically what, she came forward and said was that essentially she was brought in um, under her understanding and under her accusation that she was essentially brought in to give a Native American face and tribe in order to sell tickets. She says that um, Brian had basically like sort of insulted the playwright's work and asked that he added in quote unquote happy songs And she also made a comment that um, or he made a comment that the lead actress wasn't sexy enough. That also opened up a lot of other issues of people coming forward and talking about racial discrimination that they dealt with in their time. Um, Many of which had to do with black actors and actresses, one of which, um, for instance, he had like a workshop where apparently he took their headshots and he made a yes pile um, that all the white people were in and made a rejection pile that all the black actors were in and basically told them that they would not be hired. Um, No wonder I never get cast. Damn. This person also says that he went on to look at each headshot and told all the white apprentices how they would make great ingenue or leading man types and that he would cast them immediately if he was given the choice. But the black men were told that they would make great sidekicks or funny best friends. Where have um, I heard that before? Everywhere. That sounds everywhere, completely correct. Everywhere. Um, and this is something that I think we're seeing a lot of. And I, I do commend uh, Saren Bay for taking, for like the, the board taking action on it immediately and firing everyone and saying, we're starting on a fresh brand new slate because this is unacceptable and this is information that was not known to us before they took the accusations for what they were and they took action for it. While we are seeing a major shift in the theater industry, I think if we continue to support theater and continue to fund it and we continue to call out the theaters whenever they're making these disgusting mistakes and continue to hold people accountable for their actions, whenever they are racist or they're prejudiced on set, I think we could see a very, very positive shift in the industry if we continue to, take the action we're taking now. Um, but unfortunately we're going to need the funding to do that. So this can is I be honest with you? Go I don't it. think like, I feel like 
the theater is the perfect place for people to be performative. And I don't know if these things are actually going to change. Because we consider theater to be an extremely progressive art form full of progressive people, we tend to just accept that that is the facts. So regardless of what is actually happening, we accept what is happening in the theater because we've already, we know the theater to be progressive. So sexual assault, well, that can't be happening here because this is theater and we're progressive. Racism, no, not us because we're theater and we're progressive. And it's actually incredibly dangerous to put an organization, a group of people, a singular person on such a pedestal because we are all, we're none of us are above critique. And I always tell people that about myself. I tell people that about our podcast. We're, none of us are above critique and we shouldn't be because that's how we get better. And the problem with theater is so many of us think of theater as this kind of coveted art form that oftentimes it is above critique and a lot of people get hurt because of it. Um, I think that's what happened to like Harvey Weinstein. Well, it didn't happen to Harvey Weinstein, but that's, they were results of being beyond a critique. So you have the Harvey Weinsteins, you have the Jeffrey Epsteins simply because they could, no one was checking them. And that's what I'm scared. I don't know. This is, it's a double edged sword because you just don't know what's going to happen because it could be all performative and everything could very well go back to exactly the way it was. I just want to go ahead and say this for anybody who's listening to this podcast. Let's make this a definitive, clear line. We are not above critique. I know we like to joke around. We like to say things that may push the envelope. If you feel like something is too far, you have the right to say something about that. And we Of course, because we're good people, we will listen and respond accordingly. And I think if more people were open to the fact that we're not perfect people, and yes, you can come to me with information that I may not have known before, and that can change the way that I think, I think that's okay. That is totally okay. I know as much as I know on this day in my 28 years of life, and I would love to know more. You know, and it's just, that's all it takes. And it's like all of this pushing things under the rug and being holier than thou that perpetuates this toxic culture. Yeah, that's really well said. I'm going to I think it's also the whole, 100%. Yes. Um, On that note too, I think not only artists, I think we also need to hold, um, even down to seasons, uh, theater company seasons up to critique as well. Like, can we please stop fucking doing hairspray every time we come under like racial accusations? Like, can we stop fucking doing hairspray, please? I will say, um, going back to what you said, Amanda, um, I definitely, as people listening to this podcast, if you have anything that you dislike or would like us to talk about further, because you're either confused or, disagreed and need a different perspective yeah definitely email us because um we were having a conversation about this after uh one of the episodes ended and we were talking about like how in a couple of years we might have to answer for what we've said today one of our top listeners and one of my very best friends Sinod, she is one of my favorite listeners of this podcast because Although I love praise that we get, I I think it's incredible and I love it and keep it coming because it's good for the soul. 
But Sainad is always listening to us with a critical ear and she'll Good. give me critiques on topics we discuss. Like as we're talking right now, she actually texted me and was like, Hey, I'm listening to last week's episode. I loved it. Here are a couple of things that I think could be better. I love that because I want to be better. I want to be a platform where people feel like they're seen as people where people feel like we are advocating for them, even though they're not Sherry, Shane or Amanda. So I agree. I think if more people had that opinion and we're just like, you know what, it's scary, but bring it on. We would be leaps and bounds ahead of where we are today, but egos just get in the way. Well, why would we be doing this podcast if we didn't want that? You know what I mean? Like why? Like, I think it's important. I think we have such a great platform to do that. Um, And I think it's an important area that we can be held accountable for what we say and be told whenever we're wrong. Like, absolutely. I think we should have her as a guest on the podcast. She's not only a loyal listener, but she's so smart and she has such incredible things to give insight on. So she's a busy lady. I mean, she's in high demand, so I'll try my hardest to get her to come on. Sign up. Um, Come on here, girl. She's a lot to say. Okay. Well, how about we take a very quick break and we will be back after this. Right, welcome back to Shane Lati. I am here to talk now about Shane Dawson. Have you guys heard about what's going on with him right now? No, who's that? Amanda. We all know who fucking Shane Dawson is. Like YouTube sensation from the past, back whenever vlogging was not the original influencers. Let's put it that way. You know, Amanda hates influencers, so she doesn't know who this is. Anyways, so some recent like ex-YouTubers have come out and they've made some statements about problematic stuff they post in the past. Some of the most notable, um, including Jenna Marbles. She made a big post um, embracing that she was done with the platform. Another one of these who came forward about it is Shane Dawson. So he came forward with an apology video. And in this video, he essentially expressed his regret um, over doing some blackface stuff and using the N-word. Um, and essentially like started to talk about... Um, issues that he had he had brought up on the show in the past and one of which was that he claims that he would never talk about a child in a way that is inappropriate um in his video he said and i quote that is disgusting that is gross it is not something that i would ever do it's something that i did once for shock value or because i thought it was funny or like oh my god my child molester character or whatever it's all gross and i promise that it is not real that is not me um he basically then like said that that was like a result of some past trauma that he had dealt with in his childhood and that he basically took it and turned it into jokes. Well, Jada Pinkett Smith and Jaden Smith both (gasps) immediately tweeted about him. And Jada said all this, all that Jada said was to Shane Dawson, dot, dot, dot. I'm done with the excuses. Jaden Smith then came out and said, Shane Dawson, I am disgusted by you. You sexualizing an 11-year-old girl who happens to be my sister is the furthest thing from funny and not okay in the slightest bit. 
which then brought to everybody's attention a video where he is pretending to masturbate to a poster of an 11-year-old Willow Smith back during the whip my hair back and forth era. What? Yeah. (gasps) So he has since been under a lot of scrutiny, um, and I believe rightfully so, about all of this. Um, Um, What? And essentially, this has also prompted a bunch of other stuff to come out, specifically um, also involving um, uh, Tati Westbrook. So she has basically now come forward and said that Jeffree Star and and Shane Dawson, quote unquote, used, coerced and manipulated her into uploading her by sister video where she cut those ties with James Charles. Um, what? Yeah. So, yo, yo, this, this is, is like Inception tea because oh, 100%. there's literally layers. There are and this layers. stuff from Tati. I know this is coming out on Friday, but this is on Tuesday, and this news about Tati came out within the last few hours. So this is a currently brewing pot of tea, and I'm sure that it's by not the time even boiling yet, out, girl. It's it's it hasn't even started steeping. Like we haven't done shit about this yet. It's still going. <gasps> Uh, yeah, I, it's it's still developing. Um, but before we get off on the Tati stuff, I think it's it's definitely worth noting the Willow Smith and Shane Dawson stuff because what the fuck? Wait, did um, the Willow Smith stuff happen back in what like couple years yes, ago, or was, did that happen? No, that okay. was back whenever she was eleven years old. It happened at the time. Like there's a it's a poster of Willow Smith, and he is turned away from the camera and like like moving his hand as if he's like jacking off to the poster and saying like oh fuck yeah oh yeah willow smith oh yeah whip my hair back and forth and ew are you kidding awful. me it's awful oh that is sick yeah so you yeah. guys <laughs> so i feel like i have a question not about Shane Dawson, but like kind of in general, but it relates back to Shane Dawson, I promise. When it comes to, I've seen a lot of like white guilt, especially when people are coming forward trying to confess to their past sins. What do you think is the best way for people to apologize? I would say, honestly, a good example of it, and she has received a lot of support from the online about it, is Jenna Marble's apology video. I would go take a look at that. I was gonna say that to you, Shane. I co-signed, I agree. Yep. She was she the way that she came out and I'll, I'll let you talk about it a minute, but basically the way that she came out and talked about it, um, she's received a lot of support for it and people are on her side about it. And Amanda, do you want to talk about? Honestly, I won't get into the specifics. I'll get into the nitty gritty details of why it was good. Mm-hmm. Basically, all you have to do is say I was wrong. It was unacceptable. I've since learned information that has proven to me that that was wrong. I'm embarrassed and I am sorry. That's it. That's all you have to do. And she took it upon herself to step away from her platform and say, I'm done. That's it. I have a couple things to say about Shane Dawson. The first being the hypersexualization of women um, is an issue. I mean, it's sexual violence. It's un- unacceptable. It's not okay. Uh, but we do see this a lot in Black women specifically. Black women are sexualized even from like the age of being children and this kind of shows that and it's sad and it's awful. And for me, I just feel like we don't do enough to protect black girls from sexual predators, honestly, because 
of the way that we are shaped or our features or whatever the case may be, people find it okay to sexualize black girls. And it's just disturbing. The second thing, the fact that Shane Dawson even like tried to explain himself is just appalling to me. Like there's no explanation. That's the thing. Like whenever we're talking about how to appropriately apologize, what the way you don't do that is deflecting and saying, Oh, this is the reason why I thought it was okay to do that. You just shut the fuck up and say it was wrong. And I, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm learning from it. And I, I'm, I'm disgusted with myself for doing it in the past. It's the same thing that we saw back. The, the biggest issue I had with Kevin fucking Spacey, whenever he got canceled last year, because in his, in his acknowledgement of the sexual assault allegations, he basically like took that as an opportunity to come out as a gay man. And my thing is, fuck off. Like, you don't get to do that. You don't get to, in the form of an apology, try to deflect us from the fact and try to insert yourself into the gay community by using that as your excuse for being a fucking pedophile. He gaslit himself all the way into the gay community. Yes. Like it, it literally, that's how we, that's how he outed himself. Like don't fucking do that. And that's where everybody canceled him immediately and said, you don't get to do that because there's already there. You already have the people who argue against gay rights and gay adoption because they believe that gay men in particular are pedophiles. So for Kevin Spacey to use pedophilic allegations about him and sexual assault to come out as a gay man as justification for why he did what he did is fucking disgusting. And I think it's similar to what we're seeing here. Like, don't, don't deflect from the situation at hand. And it's more than just a deflection. These men know what they're doing. If I appeal to people's sensibilities, if I make them feel badly for me, then maybe they won't condemn me for the disgusting thing that I did. You know what I mean? Like it's manipulative and it's insane. Yep. Gaslighting in its finest form. That's really sad. So he kind of qualified what he did with Willow. Like, Oh, I was traumatized in my childhood. Is that what I understand? And that's why he quote unquote created a like child molester character. He was trying to turn past trauma into a joke. Well, okay, so it's clear that you still need therapy and he should still seek it because you're still defending terrible actions that happened to you. That's how... It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he needs therapy. It's insane to me uh, how many unstable people are just, like, in entertainment. It's actually a harrowing and disturbing fact. And it kind of deters me from wanting to have a career in entertainment because it's like, it almost feels like majority of the people in the entertainment industry are incredibly unhinged. It's scary. And I think as actors, especially one of my favorite instructors that I had in school um, would pretty much on the daily take the time to say like this, like if you are, acting as a form of therapy stop like stop doing it like while there is a cathartic Damn. and therapeutic background and, and effect from acting which i don't disagree with that at all acting has helped me through a lot in my life however there is a certain point where you're using it to a damaging sense like you're using it as a way to deflect you're using it as a way to be another person 
That's why and I hate method acting. Yes. I yes. Lee Strasberg. I'm pretty sure I will go ahead and say this. Method is what probably killed Marilyn. Hands down. Heath Ledger too. Yep. It almost got Leo, but he wasn't in that bear carcass for long enough. Let's be real. <laughs> because it shifted as a point in the, it, it shifted from the initial like creation of the initial reasoning for method acting and the actual method that was started like by Stanislavski and with the Chekhov. And at that point, like the mental state of the world and the mental state of actors has shifted. And at a certain point, it's not effective anymore. There are plenty of other techniques to use. There's plenty of other ways to go about it. And you need to make sure that you're mentally equipped and that you're mentally prepared to do like whatever method you're about to go forward with. And too many people aren't. Too many people do it for the sake of being performative and celebrated for it. And too many people are already mediocre, whatever the fuck they're doing, Shane Dawson, and are basically using this as like (laughs) a way to be artistic. Like, let's be fucking real. You have a YouTube channel where you have mediocre sound effects and make dumbass videos with your friends. It's stupid. It's dumb. Like, uh, next. I don't have time to actually glorify this as an art form. So fuck off, Shane Dawson. You're a pedophile. You're sick. You're disgusting. Gotta go by. But a, a but here, though, I think that th- there is a place, though, for senseless online comedy. Some people need that. Some people find solace in it. But what happens is that there's a line. And whenever you cross that line, it becomes disgusting and it becomes damaging. And so it, whenever you start masturbating to a picture of an 11 year old girl, like that, that's not comedy anymore. That's fucking gross. And it's, it, yeah. Like if you want to make stupid shit online and you want to do stupid comedy, like there is an audience for that. Go for it. Fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's not my, as, as Spike Lee said, it's not my cup of tea, but. Can yeah. we get that on a t-shirt? You guys. Please. That's not Spike my cup of running tea. away from his interview. Okay, well, how about we take we take a couple seconds, couple minutes. We're going to play some melodic elevator tunes for you. Um, and we'll be back after a very quick break and we're going to continue on this trend and amplify some black voices. You know how we do. We'll be back in a sec. And we're back. So if you've been listening since the start of season two, which all of you should have been, we have kind of shifted focus. We love to tell our messy stories and be, you know, disturbing and disgusting, the same thing we always do. But in light of recent events, we find it to be oh so important to lift Black people up during this time and give you all kind of a safe space to enjoy black intellectuality enjoy so we're going to kind of continue that this week as well and don't worry we're documenting the messes oh (laughs) when we come back (laughs) it's just like i don't even i'm worried i'm scared shane you go okay um so this week, um, I'm going to stick to my uh, past trajectory of talking about um, film and TV. 
Um, I'm sure everyone has seen it. And if you haven't seen it, um, it's worth a first watch. And if you have seen it, it's definitely worth a second rewatch. Um, go rewatch Get Out. I don't really even need to talk Damn. about it a whole lot. Um, yeah, that's, go rewatch Get Out. And also, and if you watch it on Amazon Prime, you can also stick uh, stick around for after the credits and hear Jordan Peele um, showcase the original ending and um, talk about why he changed it, but also why um, it's still very relevant and it, it's worth it's worth watching both. But yeah, go check it out again or for the first time. If well, you haven't seen so it, on why haven't you seen it? I'll go see it again. I'm so mad that he admitted that he wrote this movie after meeting his wife's family. Like that still gets me to this day. <laughs> uh, what, one of my favorite things about rewatching Get Out is you really get to see the details. Like so many small things that kind of are mm-hmm. foreshadowing or speak to the world in which the story is taking place. It's fucking rich with detail and I love it. I mean, everything down to imagery and background, like one of my favorite shots is literally the two of them um, sitting next to each other. And he is wearing a uh, a white undershirt with a black or uh, not a black, a, uh, a blue um, like button up over it. And so the white buttons of the the blue button up and then sitting next to her with a red and white striped um, sweater on make a American flag. And it's in a very wow. interesting part of the movie. That's very cool. I love it. I need like a pop-up video version of Get Out where they just give me the Easter eggs in real time. That would be and fucking Jordan Peele, he's even said like about us and Get Out that like he's read all the stuff online and seen all the stuff online. He's like, you guys still haven't found all of it. Like there's still stuff there that I stuck in there. Just cool. like he's such a like artistic genius in the sense that like his movies are just nothing but layers. Like you watch it the first time and you get a you get a great story from the first time, but whenever you rewatch his work and you pick up all the little subtleties and all the stuff in the background and all the thought that went into every single detail of the work, it's it's so deep and it's so rich and it's he's he's phenomenal. He's one incredible artist. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say Jordan Peele, he belongs in the black excellence category. Like he's earned his spot. Oh, with one movie, like <laughs> with with one film, he like changed. He he, he it completely implemented himself with. Totally, and I will say, Key and Peele is a really fucking funny show, and I can't believe that show got canceled. Um, Sherry, what do you have for us this week? Um, this week I actually have two plays. So they're actually okay. both plays that uh, Amanda and I are directly involved with because we either were in them or Amanda directed one. So the first play I would like um, that I went back to is By the Way Meet Vera Stark, which Amanda oh. and I that was our, I know it was our last play at um, UF and it's pretty indicative of where we are today. What a throwback. Um, Right. And I feel like so fun fact, the character I was Lottie had to play a slave because everybody was trying to get into um, the acting industry. And of course, my character played a slave. Um, Amanda's character. What? Who were you, Amanda, in that play? Uh, anime Simpkins. That's right. Anime. Yes. And anime was 
doing her best to do whatever she could to get into the movies as well. So, um, yeah, read that. Also, a little piece of history. A lot of people don't know this, but they get mad when I've been telling people. So the United States is a system. If you are not completely white, you're not white at all. And people have been getting mad at me, but (laughs) that is the truth. I I don't know if anyone's ever heard of being an octoroon, which is being of one eighth black blood, but there is a one drop rule. If you are one drop of black in the United States, you're officially not white. And there is a character in that show that goes through that. So it's just, it's an interesting dichotomy. Very interesting. That's such a good point because um, that's like the entire arc of anime's character and how she, and I mean, it speaks to black women in Hollywood, not just back in the day, but today even i mean so for so long black women who made it to the pinnacle of fame were lighter complected so that's a very good point brown paper bag there's also there's also a very good uh play on that note called an octoroon which is by um brandon jacobs jenkins yep that's true um the next play i would like you to check out is the altruist so amanda actually directed this play back when we were juniors in college and and that was the first role i was ever cast in i was sybil (laughs) the altruist by nikki silver is about a bunch of protesters and they protest everything they're like okay what protests are we going to now and they have to look it up um and it all ends in a huge shebang and i'm not going to say any more because i'm going to ruin it but read The Altruist by Nikki Silver. It is hilarious. It makes you laugh, cry, and you kind of have to twist your head because what is going on? But amazing, amazing play. Okay. So um, this week, uh, the Sunday before we're recording this, so last Sunday, the BET Awards aired. And I watched the BET Awards as I am apt to do. And I have to say, I was incredibly impressed with the production this year. If you haven't seen the BT Awards, please go back, stream it, and support um, on BET. It also aired on CBS, so be specific, y'all. Watch it on BET. Um, the way they were able to still put on the BET Awards remotely was impressive. It, it was probably my favorite BET Awards I've seen in the past at least five years. Um, it was creative. The quality was there. And this year it seemed so important for them to have had a show and really have a safe space for us by us. So if you haven't watched, please do support the network, support the people. And my girls, Chloe and Hallie stole the show. They were fucking amazing. I heard about that. Well, I think that that's the episode. I think that's it for this week. Yay! And there's already another pot of tea brewing for next week. So true. I'm sure as we speak, there's some shit popping off. Like, Twitter never sleeps. No, it does not. They really don't. We haven't brought this up in a while, but um, it's worth mentioning. If you love Say La Tea, write 
a review on Apple Podcasts, like please. us, subscribe to us, please. Your words mean so much to us. We appreciate reading your positive reviews and we thank you oh so much. If you care about your loved ones, you will share, say love to you with them because they deserve to be happy. That's all I'm going to say about that. I have had a few people asking how they can write into the pod and get some topics going. Uh, this is always available to you. Send us an email at saylateapod at gmail.com. Send us a direct message on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. We will respond and we will talk about whatever it is you want us to talk about. So with that being said, we are out of here. Peace. One, Peace. two, three. We, we out. out. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.